We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Chargers fans, this is the Guilty as Charged podcast, where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media, including our Patreon account, where as little as $1 gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. As always, I am your host, Stephen. Uh, happy to be joined today by uh, a good friend of the show, Mr. Caleb James of the Arrowhead Live. Caleb, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, dude. Yeah, of course. Happy to have you. This, uh, of course, is the second time that you've been on the show uh, so far this year. Uh, and it's been kind of a crazy road for the Chiefs since the last time uh, we last spoke. So uh, how has uh, this season been for you, uh, you know, covering the Chiefs and and kind of the journey of, you know, going through the three and four start and now that you're winning six in a row, uh, kind of update us on uh, just kind of the general feel around uh, Chiefs Kingdom right now. You know, it's funny because here about six, seven weeks ago, a lot of Chiefs fans would tell you, you know, the sky is falling. There's no way the Chiefs will ever possibly be able to compete for the division again. They're out of the playoff hunt. They're probably never going to be competitor or contenders <laughs> ever again. And you go, well, you know, you look at it from like a film side, from an analytics side, you go, well, they're just a couple of adjustments away every game. There are a couple of like little mistakes, turnovers, you know, you know, defensive alignment. Right. There are a couple little things away from those games they lost to them coming out on top. And I think really – you've seen a couple of things happen. You've seen, number one, as the Chiefs have gotten, you know, they've been taking care of the football a lot better the last few weeks. They've gotten better at playing small ball on offense. You know, Patrick Mahomes has started to take his check downs. They've started to create an effective running game. They've started to use their running backs effectively out of the backfield in the passing game. And defensively, you've seen this team make a couple of personnel adjustments. Now, Brett Veach made a massive one signing – my former charger Melvin Ingram yeah. and he has been lights out for the Chiefs in the last six weeks since he's been in town and he's really allowed you know that everyone to go back to their natural spot on defense and now you've seen kind of you know people were whispering the Chiefs could have a top defense at the beginning of the year 
you've seen them work their way into a top 10 scoring defense just in the last few weeks with some of the numbers they put up. They haven't allowed double digits in the last three football games. So, you know, the defensive turnaround, Steve Spagnuolo deserves a lot of credit there. That's kind of where a lot of the momentum has been with the Chiefs has been on that defensive side of the football. Yeah, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it really feels like the best Chiefs defense in in quite some time. And, you know, Melvin Ingram is playing a, a huge part in that. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, ahead of this Thursday night matchup, we're going to see uh, both teams kind of being a little banged up, being a little bit on the COVID list. And, of course, Chris Jones is is one of those, along with Rashawn Slater. Um, what do you expect the, the, the Chiefs to kind of do to counteract the absence of Chris Jones in this one as they try to get after Justin Herbert tomorrow night? Well, I think you mentioned it. Both of the teams are missing the cornerstone of their offensive line. You guys missing Slater and the Chiefs are missing Chris Jones. Now, Chris Jones in the past five or six weeks, I can't remember, according to like PFF, he has had the most pressures of anyone mm-hmm. in the NFL. He's been a complete problem. His inside rush has opened up things for everyone else. But I think the way the Chiefs are going to counteract that is with Rashawn Slater out, you know, um, I know Storm Norton's going to be starting at right tackle. I'm not sure who the backup left tackle is for you guys right now. But uh, it's I would Trey assume, Pipkins. Okay. I would yeah. assume that with Chris Jones out, the Chiefs are going to be relying a lot on Melvin Ingram and Frank Clark to get pressure around the edge. The first time around, Frank Clark was a little bit beat up. He'd been dealing with some hamstring stuff, some off-the-field stuff. Yeah. He wasn't really 100% back in game shape. These last few weeks, it's very clear he's gotten a lot better. Last week, he put a pretty good beating on Colton Miller. The week yeah. before that, he beat he beat up Garrett Bowles pretty good. So he's taken on some pretty decent left tackles around the division. And Melvin Ingram, you know, he's been like, you know, defense. To get a good defense going, you just need like a little spark, and then all of a sudden it can start a fire. He's been kind of the spark for the Chiefs defense. Just versatility, energy, all the things he used to do with the Chargers that I used to hate. You know, well, we, you know, we got a game plan against Melvin Ingram here. We got a game plan against his pass rush or how the Chargers are going to use him. You know, Steve Spagnuolo, he's lined them up all over the place, inside, outside, linebacker position, all over the place. So really for the Chiefs, a team that is predicated on defensive success revolving around rushing the passer, I think they're going to rely on their two defensive ends tonight. I also think that maybe, you know, these last few weeks, Spags has laid off the blitzes because they've been able to get pressure with four. I think mm. this week they might be looking to rev that up just a little bit without Chris Jones in there. Yeah, you know, it really is unfortunate that, you know, we're, we're not going to see this, you know, these two groups be healthy, right? Because I was really looking forward to, you know, seeing how Rashawn Slater would handle, you know, a, a Melvin Ingram revenge game, uh, you know, Frank Clark with the way that he's playing. I think, you know, you mentioned Jones leading the league in pressures. I think Frank Clark is is eighth or ninth or around that area uh, since the Melvin Ingram trade. So it's really you know, unfortunate that we're not going to see that kind of matchup. But, of course, you know, there's a lot of other exciting things, too, uh, to get to. And I think one of the one of the areas was, uh, you know, Tyron Matthew today point posted a picture of him getting an interception over Mike Williams. And, you know, he said high point the ball, which I thought was funny. I love those little social media things. So uh, what do you make of the way that the secondary is going to kind of match up with the cheat with the Chargers? Uh, receiving core, of course, led by Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. The Chiefs do have another uh, key player out who missed last game as well mm-hmm. with Darius yeah, Sneed. Yeah. Um, his brother was murdered here um, I, last Saturday. He missed the game, the, or he missed the game the next day 
against the Raiders we had. He's also going to be out this week. I think he just got back into Kansas City yesterday. Short week, a lot of COVID stuff going on. I think they thought it will be just best to give him time off to, you know, kind of grieve with his family and to make sure he's right emotionally. That brought um, that brought Tyron Matthew down. He played a lot in the slot, a lot around the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Now the Chiefs also they've got Charvarius Ward. He's a guy they've been comfortable with. He's been a starter. He's had some up and downs throughout his career in Kansas City. I think they're comfortable enough with him going against Williams, going against Keenan Allen. The Chiefs also got Rashad Fenton. Now Fenton got beat bad in the week or in the week three matchup. He got beat. I believe Williams scored a touchdown over him, just kind of a size and height thing. So I'd be looking for them maybe to give some help there since Fenton's not really a bigger body. But really, you know, it's going to be a typical Steve Spagnola game plan for going against a team with good receivers. They're going to try to body him up at the line of scrimmage. They're just going to have to mix their zones and man defense a little bit better with Snead out because Snead is kind of that X-factor guy. He can play inside, outside. They can line him up all over the place. But, you know, even if it means Daniel Sorensen's going to have to be on the field a little bit more, that's probably going to be the case as well. That's not necessarily what Chiefs fans want to hear, but the Chiefs are real big. They want to play the best 11 possible, not necessarily the best at any specific position group. Uh, Mike Hughes, he's been a guy who struggled. He lost his starting job actually after the week three matchup versus the Chargers the first time. He has made a resurgence here these last few weeks, actually got AFC Defensive Player of the Year. He had a fumble recovery for a touchdown, nine tackles and two forced fumbles in the win over the Raiders. I think probably the best play of that was he uh, trailed uh, Hunter Renfro pretty good. Renfro got the football, but he was able to go in there and club it out, and Matthew recovered it. So he's a guy that's been playing hot right now. So, you know, I I think the Chiefs are going to try to limit some of the damage. I know their defense is obviously hurt without Jones. You know, Jones, you know, their best cornerback and their best defensive lineman are going to be out this game. Willie Gay is also going to be out on the defensive side of the ball. He's been a young guy. Didn't play much in the first matchup versus Los Angeles. He's been another catalyst. He's been kind of the guy for the Chiefs that when you go against a mobile quarterback, when you're going against running backs to get the ball out of the backfield, he's kind of been the stopper for that. That's going to be hard with Herbert and Eckler this week also. So, you know, as much as it comes down to the defense, I think this week, like I think I was predicting even before some of these COVID issues, it's going to come down to uh, Mahomes and Herbert, really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, I think both of these teams are, are so driven by the two quarterbacks. And, of course, every team is, right? But uh, I want to get your thoughts here because, you know, you look at the Chiefs, you know, box scores and you see a ton of points against the Raiders and kind of struggling to uh, manufacture points at the level that we are used to seeing out of the Chiefs. Uh, why do you think that is that they've kind of, you know, struggled to, to put up amount of put up a high amount of points against teams not named the Raiders? You know, I think a lot of it has been turnovers. If you look back at the Chiefs games, even throughout this win streak, you can go back and, I mean, you can pick out key turnovers, turnovers versus the Dallas Cowboys, you know, drop passes against the Denver Broncos. There's been a lot of that in there, just bad decision-making. But really, from where the Chiefs are at now, from where they were at week three, it's a completely different offense. You know, week three, every pass they're trying to throw is 10 yards down the field at least. They're throwing everything past the sticks. They're not really trying to check the ball down too much. Teams have gotten better at that. You know, the Chargers, they've built their roster trying to figure out a way to stop the Chiefs. That's why they, you know, they've gone after, you know, that's why they've got Joey Bosa in there because the key to beat the Chiefs is you got to get pressure with four. 
And, you know, they've built up their secondary, you know, they've gotten better across the board at that. But the Chiefs, you know, they've gotten better at playing small ball. And not a lot of teams can do this. Not a lot of teams can change the way they play middle of the season because yeah. now we've gotten to the point where the Chiefs' best receiving target in a game might be their backup running back, Darrell Williams, who's put up some big games the past few weeks. He's kind of an X-factor guy who flies under, who's going to be flying under the radar again this week. And it could be stuff as simple as just a leak out of the backfield. You know, people are trying to double-team Kelsey or Hill, so they're just not going to be paying attention to him. They've gotten – the Chiefs have gotten good at throwing the ball to their running backs – I think a lot of it, though, is that they've also gotten slightly more conservative in what they do. Andy Reid's not just going to let them go out there and run and gun like they used to, you know, even last season where, you know, I'll, I'll say, for example, against Denver, you know, there were 65 seconds left in the half, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, you assume they're going to try to go out there and try to throw the ball all over the place and try to at least get a field goal before halftime. But now you head into this year, Patrick Mahomes has had more passes dropped than any quarterback in the NFL He's had some ups and downs. You know, the Chiefs offensive line, they've been fairly solid throughout the season. They've still got some issues at the tackles. I don't I think the tackles have gotten a lot better as the season has progressed. But you're seeing them play a different style of football. But one thing I will say, the Chiefs interior offensive line has brought a physical presence to the offense that I think a lot of teams yeah. around the NFL are being taken by surprise. There's a clip going around this week of Trey Smith mauling yeah. Max Crosby, a guy who I would assume both fan bases, Chargers and Chiefs, really don't care for that much right now. <laughs> but uh, there's a couple of videos going all at him, Creed Humphrey, and Joe Tooney. They have opened up the inside run game for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Daryl Williams and really even the screen game because we didn't see, you know, the first time the Chiefs played the Chargers, we saw one screen pass, one pass to the running back, and it ended up being a touchdown. It was well executed to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, mm -hmm. then they went these long streaks. They didn't see any. And now Mahomes, you know, he's completing eight or nine passes a week, just checkdowns out of the backfield, the guys, which that's what you got to do. You know, every quarterback goes through some of those phases. Every quarterback goes through that tough time. Not every ball can be a home run ball. I think Mahomes being the aggressive guy he is, he's realized that now. And they've started to kind of open up other areas of their offense that they've gotten better at, which hopefully will in turn reopen back up some of the deep plays. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the interior trio, and I think that really is is probably the area that the Chiefs have improved the most roster-wise over the last few years. We bring in a guy like Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Joe Tooney. You know, Tooney's not necessarily like a mauler like the other two, but, you know, he can get after it as well. So it's been, uh, you know, from an offensive line fan perspective, it's been fun to watch those guys for sure. Yeah, Joe Tooney has been – he's been elite in pass pro this year. He's one of the top-rated guards. Creed Humphrey is going to be, you know, him and Rashawn Slater, two of the top, him and Rashawn Slater and Trey Smith. That's really two of the, you know, that's three of, that's three of three, in my opinion, for three rookie offensive linemen, you know, at yeah. their collective position. I think Trey Smith has clearly been the best rookie guard. Creed Humphrey is probably maybe the best center in the NFL right now. Rashawn Slater has clearly been the best rookie tackle. He's fighting to become the best tackle in the NFL. It's a shame Slater's not going to play because there's just so much talent. You know, it's a fun game to watch if you're in the yeah. DOL play. Yeah, I know. It's been uh, it's been really funny because, you know, it's been a, a long time since the Chargers have had a, a left tackle of his caliber. And, you know, I'm sitting there looking at, you know, he gave up three pressures against the Broncos and three against the Bengals. And it was like that was his worst stretch of his career so far. 
but you know you know we have weeks where storm norton and sam tevy and all these guys that we were used to seeing are allowing six pressures one game five pressures the next game so it's uh it's been fun to see how far that the chargers have come at that position um you know we talked a lot about the chiefs and i want to get your tier about kind of your perspective how she's can uh, come out on thursday night football with a win tomorrow night well I think that we saw a little bit of the formula the first time the Chiefs played the Chargers. I think they're going to come out and try to run the football a little bit, and I think the Chargers are going to be expecting that because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did have one of his few hundred-yard game seasons against the Chargers, you know, in week three. And the Chargers, they've gotten a little bit better as the year has gone on, stopping the run. It's still not, like, a strong point for their team. I think, what, Kenneth Murray's playing more reps as an edge player now, correct? Mm -hmm more yeah. than inside he's not really developed in that inside guy no it's not pretty on the edge either <laughs> yeah you know you got joey bosa that I, that's the thing i've been telling people is the chiefs could change their play style like this because the other teams in the division they're all geared up to you know stop pass but they can't really you know stop the run as well it's they're not as effective the chargers i think are a good example of that but what the Chiefs did well is they came out and they beat the Raiders so bad that the Chargers aren't really going to have a ton to go off of off of that because, you know, it just looks so perfect and so flawless. But I think this week we see a lot of run action plays from the Chiefs, and I think we start to see them try to get that downfield passing game going again because, you know, what I think has been lost to some of the national media in the blowout win versus the Raiders, and I do know it's the Raiders, but the Raiders did try to play some second, you know, they tried to play some more cover two downfield. They tried to play some more zone defense as compared to the first matchup. Mahomes still hit a couple of deep balls on them. And one of them was just because the offensive line, they shut down Ngakwe, they shut down Crosby for large portions of the game. He gets a rollout and throws a ball. You know, it was a 48-yard gain. The ball probably traveled 65 yards in the air. He's throwing it across the field. Mm. So I think that they're going to take conservative play calling. I think they're going to try to run the ball. I'd be looking for probably – you know, some plays to the running backs out of the backfield as well, some passes. But I think at some point in the game, you know, it's a big game. The AFC West is on the line. You know, the Chiefs are going to have to look at their guys. They're going to have to look at Kelsey. They're going to have to look at Hill. And they're going to have to look at Patrick Mahomes to try to get the ball to them because they can play the check down ball as much as they want. And I'm hoping that they're able to establish the run game enough and they're, you know, they can win the line of scrimmage to where it makes it easier to where maybe the Chargers have to step up son. But really – Cut down on the turnovers. That was what I thought was a huge key the first time in the first matchup between the teams. The yeah. Chiefs turned the ball over a lot. They turned the ball over in crucial in parts of the field, headed in to score in the red zone a couple of times. And then Mahomes, you know, just trying to force that late interception. And that's kind of how I see them trying to play on offense. I think they're going to come in here and be a little more conservative like they've been in the past. But I think if they're able to just take what they, you know, take what the defense gives them, they should be okay. And that should open up a deep play eventually. Yeah. You know, you're, you're talking a lot about, you know, what the Chiefs are potentially thinking uh, ahead of this one. And I feel the same way about the Chargers. Granted, some of that is because, you know, Rashawn Slater is out, but, you know, it's going to be an interesting dynamic in this one. You know, you have two high powered offenses, and I think both of them could reasonably come out trying to establish the run, be a little bit more conservative keep the other quarterback off the field somewhat, um, you know, but I'm excited, man. I, I can't wait to see this one. You know, you have, you know, primetime Herbert is becoming a thing. We obviously know that primetime Mahomes is a thing. Uh, and like you mentioned, you know, all the models for the AFC West potentially on the line 
So we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, your final thoughts on the matchup, and if you wouldn't mind uh, how you're kind of leaning in terms of uh, a final score prediction. You know, it's an excellent matchup. You you can talk about a lot of young quarterbacks in the NFL. This is the premier quarterback matchup for the next for you know the foreseeable future, ten to fifteen yeah. seasons. This is it right here, and this is their first matchup in primetime football. Terrible. It's on a Thursday night. Terrible. All the stuff going on at COVID. We're not going to get to see either team at full health, you know, and now I see Austin Eckler, maybe even maybe, you know, those guys are him and Derwin James are game time decisions. Typical Thursday night football stuff at this point in the season. But I'm going to go lean on the Chiefs. I think that they've learned enough this season about who they are, about, you know, they have to take they can't take any game for granted. They have to not be able to making as much as many mental mistakes. I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one. I'm going to go 30 to 27. I think it's going to be a very close game. That's where I'm leaning on this one. It's a must-win game. This is a game the Chiefs have been in before against a couple of teams. You know, they've been in some big primetime matchups. The Chargers, they haven't quite been in this game or they haven't quite lived up to their expectations in this game, but it should be a good one. You know, this will be, I believe, the Chiefs' first time playing in that new stadium down there in Los Angeles. So hopefully we've got some fans headed down there to make some noise. But uh you know, I'm, I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm going to roll with them this week as usual, of course. But <laughs> it's going to be a quarterback matchup, man. You can talk about all the stuff, all the playing conservative. What did the game come down to last time? Justin Herbert completed passes in the fourth quarter. Patrick Mahomes threw a couple of interceptions and some bad passes. No, I think, you know, of all the matchups where it's like the quarterback matters most, this is definitely the one. Uh, you know, I can't wait to see how it pans out. Caleb, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can uh, Chargers fans find you if they want some uh, some good Chiefs intel ahead of the matchup tomorrow night? All right, if you guys are looking to get some information about the Chiefs, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CJ Scoobs. Make sure to go check out the uh, website that I write for, do my podcast for, at Arrowhead Live. I usually do uh, live Twitter spaces before or after the games, so usually share a lot of content via that. Got some other podcasts called Chiefs Take That I Do. You can check that out also. But, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, thank you for joining the show again, and uh, we'll be in touch down the road.